Well, welcome back. This is episode 39 of the Care Team Podcast. Uh, Romans 12, 2, change your mind, change your life. And uh, it's June 10th. So, uh, so glad you guys can join us. Uh, and as we dive in today, our topic is about funerals and processing grief and doing that in a healthy way. But before we get started, uh, our soft start today, we have a handful of uh, rapid fired questions. So we're just going to throw them out there real quick in two minutes or less. So what's the most useless product you guys have seen today? <laughs> useless product. Useless product. There's so many useless products. Um, My answer is... Sorry, big lots, but most things are big lots. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, I kind of like big lots. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. oh man, I'm sorry. it's entertaining at least. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Tommy's point. <laughs> that that's tough because I think there are a lot of things that might be useful to one person that seem useless to another. Like um, one of the things Jessica and I were talking about today is there's a big problem with microplastics and waters and things. And so we started talking about those, like those Tide Pods. And I'm like, so why do we need a Tide Pod? And Jessica's like, so you don't have to measure things in a cup. And I'm like, mm, that's maybe not worth it. <laughs> it's not that hard to pour a little bit of detergent in a cup and pour it into the... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Tide Pods. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then is a hot dog a sandwich and why, Callie? Um, I would say no. Um, I would say no because I feel like it has to be like between it fully and since it kind of just sits in a bun and not like in between a bun I I'm feel with like you. that's yeah. why no yeah. I disagree it is between <laughs> if you just turn it sideways <laughs> sandwiches aren't tubular it's a sausage so it's not it's it's tubular it's not a it's not a sandwich it's between bread it's a sandwich and then what animal would be the most terrifying if it could speak we were talking to Chris Lanier today he's got back from Belize is that right yes mm-hmm. yeah and he had an encounter with an eel, and I think oh, an no. eel a would six be a six-foot eel came six right, foot, at, yeah, him. right Sweet. at him. Yeah, right. No. So, my um, dog, because I just wouldn't <laughs> want his feedback. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then the last question uh, is: Would you rather have a skin that changes color based on your emotions, <laughs> or tattoos that appear all over your body, uh, depicting what you did yesterday? Skin. Skin. Skin color. <laughs> well, I wear my emotions on my sleeve anyway. Me so too. Well That's what I was thinking. I don't have a good poker face, so I <laughs> might as well just go with that. I don't like thinking about what I did yesterday a little. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What did you do yesterday? Can you imagine somebody coming up and explain that tattoo yeah. to me? <laughs> so, what you got going on there? <laughs> So, anyways, uh, yeah. So, as as much as we love to have fun, uh, we have a very serious topic today. And so, the topic we have today is about funerals and grief, and how do we do that? How do we process that well? How do we do that well? And so, as we dive in, uh, you know, we just want to, um, you know, we just want to take a moment to pause and, and recalibrate and just say, you know, if you've lost a loved one over the last, you know, uh, twelve months, or if you're still struggling with grief from a year ago or two years ago, uh, we just want to say this is a safe place. This is a, a place you know where you can find healing. You you you're seen. You're loved, and uh, we would love to, to connect with you and journey with you to Christ-centered healing. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not going to read all the scriptures. There's several, Galatians 6, uh, Philippians 4, Matthew 11, 29. God really invites us um, to share in his sufferings, but he also equally shares in ours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he invites us to be yoked to him, and no matter what your grief is over, um, like like Tommy said, we're going to talk a lot about funerals today and processing that type of grief. 
But I think right up at the front, I just want to say that God is walking this with you. He's not distant away. He feels and sees exactly what you're going through, and he's walking in that with you. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, I think too, uh, you know, we were talking before we were getting ready, uh, it's just a great time to, um, to, to reflect on, on who is actually in charge. Mm. You know, I think about Psalm uh, 46, uh, you know, I'm not going to read the whole thing there, but just, you know, God is our refuge and our strength, our very present uh, help in trouble. Yes. And then twice it says in there, it says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So God wants to be our fortress. He mm-hmm. wants to be a, where we can go and rest in. And then uh, the the second to the last verse of that, that psalm says, be still and know that I am God. Uh, I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. And just, you know, I know we talked about that verse a few times on, on our podcast and just how important that is just to, to be still and know that God is God. And he's mm-hmm. in control. And just knowing too that like God wants to be with us in our hardships. He wants to be with us in our pain and knowing that like, I think we look at a lot of people around us and, we love them and we want to be with them in those hardships. But I think sometimes with God, we just think that he wants us in our best moments or in our good moments. Cause I think that's when we find a lot of like comfort in ourselves, but God wants to be our comfort in those hard moments too. Yep. I think it's good to differentiate grieving from healthy grieving. Uh, we, we all yep. grieve whether we want to or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the importance is healthy grieving, healthy grieving is being open with our grief and working through the stages of grief as a part of a healthy church community for the purpose of restoring us to equilibrium and peace while growing spiritually. Unhealthy grieving is devoid of God and is focused on the self and will result in torment, resentment, and a hardened heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and also knowing, too, that, that grief hits every one of us. I mean, like, there's there's no one who's exempt from grief. And, you know, uh, you know all of us will have times of mourning, you know, uh, we look at the book of Job and, you know, he, he mourned and, you know, he, he lost his health. He lost his kids. You know, we'll lose things like our family members or our jobs. Um, and then also to, as we think about <clears throat> navigating through that grief, like what you're saying, because we're all going to feel that grief. And how do we do that? You know, landing in God's word and, and, and surrounding ourselves with Christ-centered people to give us advice. You know, I think about uh, Job's wife. She was like, curse God and die. And it's like, you don't need those people in your life. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and most people are familiar with, or at least to be surrounded by them. You know. Agreed. Re- yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I. You know, Jesus wept. Most of us are familiar with that. We know if you've been around church at all, you know that Jesus was very sad when his friend Lazarus died, and we know that he raised Lazarus. I think the important thing to take away from that is our God grieved a knowing he was going to and had the ability to raise Lazarus from the dead. So if he still grieved, if he still felt the feelings and went through grief, knowing he was who he is and that he could do what he could do, then isn't that good enough for us to go through it as well? You know, shouldn't we be open to embracing that? And often uh, we don't. We hide from our pain. We, We drink, we smoke, we do whatever to mask the things that we need to go through. And God made us dynamic with thoughts and feelings. And uh, obviously it's there for a reason and a purpose. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you, don't don't try to go around it, over it, under it. You have to go through it and go through it with people, a church community, people that care about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we have so many options here. I know at our church and, and even 
You know, there's different churches around the world who have resources. Like we have our pastor on call 24-7. We have support groups. We have Celebrate Recovery. You know, if, if there's not a grief share class currently going, uh, but we also have grief share uh, classes. We have pastoral counseling on staff. Uh, we have clinician partners. Uh, you know, and, and maybe, you know, so maybe one of those are, are your next step, you know, in your local community or here at Northside. Uh, but maybe even long term, you know, I often tell people, you know, because they'll say, why is this happening? Or I can't believe this happened. And it's like, well, maybe God is, is, is you know, refining you right now. And, and he wants mm-hmm. you to take this pain and turn it into your purpose. That's right. To lead others. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, if you guys will bear with me, I was telling the team before we got started that I had, I, it's, it was definitely before COVID. So it's been a year, year and a half ago, but we did a, um, we had a, a, an event here at church about grieving. And so I'd rather just read what I wrote rather than trying to invent it, so bear with me here about a paragraph, uh, just said that grieving is a natural and normal reaction to loss and pain and suffering. Grieving is both individual and communal. We are not to walk through it alone, but in community with God, our church, our family, and our friends. While mourning is normal and biblical, not all mourning will look the same, and not everyone will grieve the same. The basic stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. These stages are not chronological nor exhaustive, and grieving is non-linear process which looks different from one person to another. We're to share our grief, pain, and suffering with our brothers and sisters and to help carry one another's burdens. Grief can affect us mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and can manifest in a myriad of ways including overwhelming sadness, isolation, feeling like you're going crazy, trouble making decisions, etc. The only way through grief is just that, through it. Some people may feel overwhelmed by grief and may act out in negative coping behaviors like using drugs or alcohol, compulsive shopping, or under or overeating, and other self-destructive behaviors. Um, Real quick here, just to follow up on that, the positive ways to cope, um, if my computer will respond, (laughs) uh, are taking up a hobby, exercising, talking with a trusted friend or counselor, taking part in a class or group such as Grief Share, Uh, We must always be aware of where a person is based on what they say. Are they looking for or needing a head or heart answer? We should lead with a heartfelt response, which may be a hug or a gesture rather than words. If the interaction is brief and it appears satisfactory, stop there. If they linger and begin to ask questions and offer a head answer, this should still be gentle and light on scriptural references. So if you know someone who's grieving and struggling and trying to work through this, just trying to help, you can help them gauge where they're at. Do they need further help? Do, are they connected in a community? If they're not, do you know how to get them connected? And, um, you know, we're huge here on we do life together. We do life change together. And mourning and loss are life change. So yep. it's not just the positive and the, and the fun things. It's the tough things we go through, maybe even more importantly, that we need to be connected. Yep. Well, and, you know, it's it's. I'm, I'm so glad you said all that because it's, you know, the, the it's so important to be around other people. And, and that's one thing that I often tell people, you know, when I'm, uh, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know me, I, I do a, most of the funerals here at Northside. And so one of the things I often encourage people is to, to maintain friendships, you know, mm-hmm. let other people in on your journey, mm-hmm. um, you know, be candid, be open, you know, be honest, be as forthcoming as, as you're comfortable with, but as much as possible to let others 
to come alongside you because we're, we're not made to do this on our own. Uh, you know, also to be patient, know that it takes time. I know we've talked about multiple times, uh, you and I, Tom, about how long it takes to recover from grief. And, right. you know, sometimes that can take two to three years or it could take a lifetime. Uh, but, uh, you know, to, but you'll, you'll, <clears throat> the, the hard thing to say and the hard thing to hear is you'll never get over it, but in Christ and in Christ alone, you can get through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just helping people realize that and to, like you said, to feel the pain is, is, is important. And also understand that, that grief is, is normal. I mean, like in, in the way that it hits us is, is, is normal, even though it hits us differently, you know, maybe we'll have high waves and, it, you know, it's coming all different directions and maybe tomorrow it's just little, you know, ripples, you know, but it's, and they're far apart, but just understanding that we, we can have these waves. Like I was listening to uh, some folks talk today and they were saying like, he was literally just at a drive through and something happened and he saw something and he just, he, he start remembering mm-hmm. all these memories about his dad, these wonderful memories but it just hit him hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, just start yeah. thinking about his dad. Uh, I, I like what you're saying about relation and it, it reminded me. Um, so when I, when I first uh, became a counselor, cause I was a counselor for a long time before I became a pastor, uh, it was kind of taught and, and modeled that you remain sort of neutral and stoic when you're counseling people. And um, for any of you who have counseled, even a friend or been in counseling yourself, know it's a lot of heavy stuff, a lot of emotional stuff as it should be. Um, and it's, it's hard sometimes to hold back the emotions. And I just felt really God release me at, at some point and just say, why don't you show your emotions? You know, and I, I want to encourage you, if you're with somebody and they're sharing a sad story of grief and that grief strikes you and you feel sad as well, um, I'm certainly not encouraging you to make it all about you. But sometimes that display of emotion lets the person know you're alive you're connected yeah. with them. You're really listening. You're feeling with them. So, you know, let the Spirit lead you on that. Uh, again, I'm not inviting you to fall apart and on the floor and not be of any help to them, but I, but I just I, I think it's very important to give people permission um, to to feel together, to emote together, to experience that together. Yeah. Well, and, you know, as, as, we, uh, as we think about solutions and we start thinking about how to how do we how do we navigate how do we how do we get through these seasons of grief you know i often remind people about ecclesiastes 7 uh, in verses 1 through 4 i'm not going to read it but basically it just talks about how it's better to go to a funeral than it is to go to a party because there's something you get at a funeral you just don't get at a party Un- unpack that a little more Tommy. uh so it's like so basically um you know we're all and nate talked about this a few months ago uh we're all oriented on something uh you know whether it be our job or career money you know relationships whatever but during times of loss, we can become disoriented. And so during those times of disorientation, it's when God is trying to tell us, I need you to focus on me. I need you to reorient on me. One practical way I try to tell people is, is that, you know, there are times I know my boys, they like to do this, like sliding down the stairs on, on the baseboards. And I have really lightly colored walls and they make stains all over the place and it drives <laughs> me bananas. Um, but after an event like a funeral, I recalibrate, I reorient. And instead of going home and getting mad the next time it happens, I'm thinking to myself, well, we have this little bench. If I slide the bench out of the way, then they can get a running start and they'll have so much more fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I told that at a funeral one time and, the, and one guy was like, man, that was really cool. And he goes, but he goes, he goes you know, it'd be even cooler. He goes, if you took some cardboard and they slid on the cardboard and you yep. put a mattress at the end, I'm like, uh, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but yeah, they would probably think that was really cool. But that you should sit in nylon sleeping bags and slide down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a, it's a reorient event, you know, to remember what's important. Like, you know, yeah. what is it, yeah. um, you know, what, what, um, what is God really putting on our heart? And 
what is he guiding us to do? I've shared with several people lately that idea of recalibration. And, you know, I don't even know who first said this where I heard it. But, you know, when people are, are sick and, and maybe on their deathbed, no one says, well, I really wish I would have worked 60 hours a week instead of 40. Yeah. But they often say, I wish I would have known my family better, spent more time with my kids. And it's funny because at some level we know that, and yet we don't orient our life around that knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, I was reading a book uh, recently by Francis Chan. Tommy, Tommy, you were reading that book as mm-hmm. well. And one of the things he keeps saying and reminding us is, we're going to meet Jesus soon. No matter how old you are, no matter what stage of life you're in, life is brief. We are mm-hmm. all going to meet Jesus soon. And in the light of death, in the light of grief, our grief is brief. Our hope and our joy and our eternity is forever. And we should be oriented toward that thought. And that isn't to mean that earthly things don't matter, that grief isn't real. But I think, Tommy, to your point of our orientation and our reorientation, Mm -hmm. often what a funeral does for me is resets me to focus on Christ. Yep. Yeah. And and, uh, I've... As you were saying that, I'm like, are you reading my notes? <laughs> which, which, if you're sitting here in the office, you, you'll see that it's, you know it'd be hard for him. But uh, there were two quotes that I I, I, re- I routinely uh, remind people about. One is by Charles Spurgeon. Uh, he was a theologian, uh, lived a long time ago. He says, "Life is short; its eternity is long. It's only reasonable that this life be lived in light of eternity." Mm. And so we start thinking about That's that long term. And then there's George Mueller. He uh, founded some schools and orphanages in 1800s, and he said he has a quote. He goes. May God help us so to live as to bring praise, honor, and glory to his name while life is continued to us and to help people see at the funeral that life is continued to you right now. You have, you're have you not guaranteed life later today or tomorrow, but right now it's continued to you. So, it's really good. Um, and so as we think about that, like what, what, what are some things that uh, God may be calling us to and what are some things that God wants us to see? And, you know, one thing is I, I help people see is that um, – God wants to connect with you. God is love. God is just, and God is holy. Excuse me. And he, he wants to connect with you. Uh, he, he knows, you know, the, the hurt and the pain in your end. He know he knows your life situation. He desperately wants to connect with you, but there's a problem. And, 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 and that problem is sin. And we are all born in this world, sinful, broken people. And we can unpack scripture. And we've talked a little about that before, but uh, the good news is, is that God sent his only son uh, to, to die for us and on, on our behalf. And so, and so with that news, knowing that we are sinful, broken people and God wants to have a relationship with us, but because he is just and because he is holy and set apart without Christ, we can't be in his presence. We can't be, you know, we can't spend eternity with him. So the good news is, is that God sent Christ. And so maybe God is prompting you to, um, to, to, um, to believe. Maybe God is prompting you to repent. Maybe God is prompting you to confess. Maybe God is prompting you to to to, to openly and, and publicly declare that you are putting your trust and your, your whole hope in Christ and in Christ alone. And so I try to really help families see that, you know, and I, I encourage them, you know, just like what Sam always says on the weekends, it's like, you know, if you don't know Jesus, don't leave here today without asking somebody about him. Yeah. I was thinking about the importance of grief here and why why grief is what it is and you know what your what your theology is matters and what mm-hmm. we know is that the way life is on earth is not what god intended yep. you know when, when the fall broke the earth <laughs> uh, 
that's when death became real. Mm-hmm. And I think mourning is what it is because in some sense, every time a person passes away, we are coming to grips with this wasn't God's intention. And I think that's why God grieves and mourns with us every moment because he never wanted us to have to experience this and yeah. go through it. Um, but in his graciousness, in his goodness, and in his being, which is love, he created uh, a way for us to be with him to conquer death because Jesus conquered death. And yep. so our faith in Christ uh, is how we share in that inheritance with Jesus, specifically that we don't ever have to die. We live forever. Um, and I think that's really important. So I hope that helps people balance the idea of, well, why if we're hopeful in heaven and we know we have salvation and we know we're going to live forever, why do we still hurt the way we do and why do we still mourn? And I think it's, again, because of that brokenness of, of the earth and the idea that we do have to at least um, momentarily suffer loss. Yeah. Um, that there there was not meant to be loss. I love this quote. I wanted to read it and make sure I read it before we finish today. Um, if you've never read any of his stuff, he's an extremely deep individual, but Don, John O'Donohue, um, and this is uh, from the book To Bless the Space Between Us, and he says, And when the work of grieving is done, the wound of loss will heal, and you will have learned to wean your eyes from that gap in the air and to be able to enter the hearth of your soul where your loved one has awaited your return all the time. Just thought that was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, like and and I think, again, it leads to there is a process. We do have to go through and experience the grief, but we always have the hope in our Redeemer that he can redeem even our grief and bring us to a beautiful place, even in even through our grief. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, know, I know, Tom, you and I were talking uh, last couple of days about uh, for me, like I'm, I'm going through the book of Matthew right now in my own personal time. And, you know, anytime I go through any book of the Bible, I, one of the things I always think, I'm like, how did I not get this before? Or <laughs> why why am right. I going so fast? Or, wh- you know, what what is it? You know, it, it's the same Bible. I mean, it's the right. same, you know, but it's just the, it's, it's God's living word. And so, you know, as we're thinking about, you know, just talking about, you know, experiencing grief and, and, uh, and, the, the, the rest we can find in Christ alone. And I'm reminded about Matthew 11:28 28 uh, through 30. You know, come to me, all who labor are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take upon my take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Mm-hmm. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And just resting in that and so knowing that in every moment, every season, every grief, every loss, every situation that, that Jesus is saying, come to me, I want to give you rest. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Lori, you've been so talkative today. Her Aunt, her Aunt <laughs> Callie, yeah. Would, would you, would you uh, please tell our listeners when our next Grief Share class will be available? Yeah. I know they can register now. Yes, they can register now. MyNorthside.com slash care. There's a big red uh, join a support group button. Um, the class starts August 23rd. It lasts for 13 weeks. There's a $20 fee for the book. Um you register, and there's also free child care if you need that. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. When, and we've got some wonderful leaders that have been doing this for many seasons, have walked through their own difficult mourning and grieving. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not anybody talking down to anybody. It's people relating to one another and really facilitating the process of, of recovery, of um, healing, and of grieving uh, together. 
Yeah. Well, and I know we've talked too about, you know, sometimes, you know, it may take folks two or three or four uh, rounds of grief share to, to if you fully. go through four, you're officially a leader. Well, that, well that, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that I was gonna, after the fourth time though, or maybe even the third time we might tap you as a leader and be like, Hey, can, can you help lead yeah. others? And can you help, you know, just like we talked about before, take that pain and turn it into a purpose. But, uh, but as we get ready to wrap, we're reminded that prayer is a, is the primary way we want to start caring for you. We want to listen. We want to encourage, we want to pray for you. This is a safe place. We would love to, to have, to further this conversation, to extend this conversation, to to listen um, and encourage you right where you are. But but as we close out, we want to pray, and we want to be reminded that uh, you know the importance of prayer and the power of prayer. So I want to uh, interrupt you too. Uh, I heard a great quote one time that said, "If you uh, if you found prayer wanting, you simply haven't tried it enough." So, yeah. <laughs> so we we really we really believe in the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, when we say prayer is primary, that's because we believe that God answers prayer, He listens, mm-hmm. and He is who He says He is, and there is power in that relationship. Yeah. So um, I know uh, sometimes people have not had that experience, and so I simply want to encourage you, pray and pray again, and, and He'll show up. Yeah. Well, we think about how many times Jesus went off to pray. Amen. You know? yeah, so, yes. Uh, with that said, uh, Callie uh, is going to close out in prayer. Um, dear God, just thank you so much for today and thank you for the opportunity um, for us to just be able to talk about such a hard topic, Lord, and something that just affects each of us so deeply in our own ways. And God, regardless of how differently it affects us and someone else that you know our hearts more than anyone else, you know how to tend to our hearts well and you know how to fill our hearts with who you are and your comfort and your love and your peace. And God, um, when we have you, we don't have the absence of trouble, but we do have um, a peace that passes all understanding. So I just pray for anyone that's listening to this podcast, struggling, um, even coming to the reality that a loved one is gone, or even people who are struggling with having someone in their life that's sick or just struggling um, to find healing, Lord, that Um, your presence just falls upon them, that they know that you are near them and you're near to the people who are hurting and the brokenhearted God. Um, And I just pray that regardless of the circumstances that they're facing, that they know they always have you to turn to in that um, you want to show us um, the power of your healing God. And I just pray that we have the faith and the courage to just pray hard prayers um, for those that we love. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, don't forget to join us every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. for this episode or others on Amazon Music, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And as always, you can go to mynorthside.com slash care for additional resources. Love you guys, and we'll catch you next week.